I'll tell you right now, if a pastor does that, he's got confidence in the worship. <laughs> well, amen, church. Good to be back in the Lord's house tonight. Hope you had a blessed day. We did, and uh, we, we switched out some missionaries, but just, just thrilled to be back with you. I want to give, if I could, preach just a quick update on Brother Scotty. Uh, I know some folks have asked about Brother Scotty. Brother Scotty Drake finished up his last treatment on Friday. And uh, so he had eight weeks. So, you know, he had uh, cancer on his vocal cord. They removed it uh, a number of months ago. And then after that, he had to have eight weeks, five-day-a-week treatment. And uh, oftentimes that can make folks, you know, really, really sick. And I was just waiting for that to happen. And he got into six weeks of it. And I called down to check on him. And he said, well, I slipped up to Jacksonville to the missions conference on Sunday. And then, and then he's been uh, slipping into churches nearly every weekend. He, when you talk to him on the phone, he's, his voice is really weak. But I spoke with him yesterday. Actually, we were traveling over here. Uh, we have our national conference, our big conference at my home church, Calvary Baptist Church in King. will start this Sunday. And uh, Brother Scotty's planning on coming up. He and Miss Barbara for that. And uh, so you pray for him. But uh, certainly I told him I'd give an update here. And he thanks everyone for their prayers. And he attributes that to him being able to do what he's doing, to the faithfulness of God, and to the prayers and the praying of God's people. So thank you so very much for doing that. Well, Dr. Fennell Joseph from Haiti is going to come, and he's going to share his testimony, and I believe he's even going to sing for us. Now, while he's coming, please make every effort to be here tomorrow night. All six of the men will be here. We have, a, we have something that we don't normally have. We have a gentleman that can play the piano. He will play. He plays marvelously, and these guys will sing in their native tongue. And uh, we've got a, a, all these guys can sing but one. You come tomorrow night, you can figure out which one, brother. <laughs> Amen. Good evening, church. Good evening. My name is uh, Frinel Joseph. You may not remember about Frinel, but Joseph, you, say, you can just say, brother Joseph. <laughs> All right, it's my name. And uh, I'm born in July, uh, July 8, uh, 1972. That was uh, in the northwest, northwest part in Haiti. And that's where I'm come from. Uh, Haiti is uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, I, I was really so uh, great to see my flag over there, to see my flag over there, my, my flag there. Thank you so much. And, well, my life is a miracle. It's a miracle. Uh, why, to, why I say that? Because at the age of eight, my mother told me that I was die for at least 24 hours. Mm. Uh, no breath, can speak anything. And my mother was, doesn't have Jesus in her life yet. Mm. And uh, there's a man, uh, he come to my mother and he said, well, I know a priest of Vodou, we should, we, we should call him and he can probably help you with your kids. And my mother told me at the time I heard about Vodou and I just wake up. Mm. I just wake up. I said, no Vodou. Give me Jesus. And at this time, I, would, I, I wasn't get saved yet, but I break my mother by this action to the Lord. To the Lord. And at the age of uh, 13, uh, I went to uh, the largest Baptist church in the capital of Port Haiti. And uh, uh, they served by Dr. Senofa Pondijou. Dr. Sanofa Pondijou was one of the greatest Baptist fundamental preacher in Haiti, and he passed away a few years ago. And there was an American missionary preaching at this time, 
And he said, I won't remember exactly the word he says. Uh, if you, probably it's not exactly the real English, but exactly that's the word he said. If you're not too young to die, you're not, not uh, 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 too young to, do, to, to go to, uh, to the hell or to go to heaven. That, that's why he said, if you're not too young to die, you're not too young to go to heaven or to go to the hell. And when I heard about that, and he continued to preach, he says, well, even you're in a Baptist church, you can go to hell or go to heaven from a Baptist church. And when I heard about that words, and I asked Jesus in my life, Amen. that was really special for me. I was uh, uh, 13, and actually I'm, I'm 50. So praise the Lord. Amen. And two years after I get saved, uh, I, was about, I was about 15, and my mother uh, has been missing. I never know until today mm. what happened to my mother. Mm. I never know about it, anything. She, she just went away, and uh, she used to be, uh, uh, she used to go to Dominican Republic, buying things, and came back to Haiti to sell them. And she went to make a reservation uh, to the boss, to, to go to Dominican Republic and she never get back. Mm. That was in April uh, 1988. Wow. And I never heard about my father. I didn't know my, my, uh, uh, my biological father before. I met my biological father in the year of 2000 when I'm going to get married. Mm. Why I'm married and there was a man coming in my marriage and after the marriage he just shake my hand and says, congratulations to you, congratulations to you. I said, thank you. And I, I, so I want to just get away because I'm just getting get married. I, 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 you know, I need time for me and for my wife. And she still, she still stands me and he says, do you know who I am? I said, no, I don't know. And he says, I am your father. And I said to him, well, you wait until my marriage years ago, and just come to my marriage right now to let me know that you are my father. At the age of 28, I was 28 when I get married. And uh, my wife and I, we just, uh, 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 we just have uh, 22 years uh, as we get married. And he says, well, and since that time, I, I just, God bless me to pardon, to uh, forgive to my father and to, to help even him you know, have a better life and praise the Lord by my preaching, he come to the Lord. Amen. 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 So, and uh, when, my, when my mother was missing, the, the, the guy I knew as father uh, was the father of my brothers and, brother and sister because we are three. And one month after my mother was missing, this man who is the father of my sister and brother, he just left us, abandoned us. So at the age of 15, I have to work a lot to do my best to take care of me, take care of my sister, and take care of my brother. And I went to, uh, to uh, 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 my pastor, I went to see my pastor and tell to my pastor, well, pastor, 
here's my condition, and I need a job. Just give me a job in the church. I can work, clean the church in order to, uh, uh, to continue my school and in order to, to, to help myself and help my sister and brother. And my pastor says to me, you are not, you'll not be able to, to, to work yet because you're too young. What I'm going to do, I will give you a full scholarship in my college uh, uh, that was in uh, secondary school. In, uh, in Haiti, you know, secondary school, we call them college too. And uh, he gave me a full scholarship on the secondary school and uh, with one condition. He says, if you always pass all classes, you will stay. But if you flag a class, you'll go away. I said, well, and I praise the Lord, I never, never miss a class. And, uh, but I used to work a lot, working in the construction uh, to, to take, care of, take care of myself and take care of my children, uh, my, my sister and brother. And my sister and my brother were, uh, was placed in a children's home. But sometimes, uh, this children's home doesn't have food to give to their children. Praise the Lord, they used to give me food in my, in my school. And what I do when they give me that food on, that, on, on the school, I didn't eat the food. I just took the food and bring the, bring the food for my sister and my brother. Mm -hmm. And for myself, I used to take a cup of water every night and put salt on the water and drink the water in order for me to not die. Because... I didn't have food for myself for eating. And when I done with my high school, never missed class, never flat class, all the time I, could, I did a good job in, in the school. And I went to a university, uh, that's why probably you call college here. I went to university to learn about journalism. Journalism. And after after graduated from from, from uh, journalism, and I I I used to work for uh, several radio station, and especially for the light radio, which is a broadcast Christian broadcast in Haiti. And after that, as I did a good job, one day my 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 govern the government in my country they they uh, they called me to work as a press secretary uh, in the national palace. And I'm starting working in the press secretary. And, well, it was really very difficult for me to do that job. Because in Haiti, when you're really a good Christian, when you, when you, when you dedicated your life to serve the Lord, and it's really difficult for you to work in the government because they, they, they all, uh, those men are corrupted, always have corruption, and you can't really work. And as I'm, I was just getting married, uh, so I continued to work for them at least. And by the time I spoke to my pastor, and my pastor prayed with me and sent me to plant a church, and that I, I went to plant that church in, in one of the community I used to live, and I planted that church calling Bethel Baptist Church, and I used to work, I'm, I'm still continue to work, and I plant more churches, I start planting uh, churches, about five more churches. And one day, 
uh, there was a situation, really political situation, really bad in Haiti. Uh, they asked me to, to say something to the people uh, uh, in, in a press conference. And I was refused to, 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 to say what they asked me to do because it was a lie. And, and lying to my people was not really in my, in my intention. And, uh, well, and I refused that. I was blamed for, and I could be even killed for, but God has put it me. And my, I met with Brother Munch Kanayus. Brother Munch is a, a health ministry missionary to Haiti. And I talked to Brother Munch. I, I said, Brother Munch, please pray for me. For, for me, can I, I can get a, better, a, a new job because I don't want to stay in the government. And Brother Munch talked to me about health ministries. That was in the year of 2008. And uh, uh, he talked to Brother One and he sent me to health ministries. And I started here, coming here, uh, get some support. When I came to the state with health ministries, you know, uh, before I used to come in the state, but uh, never like this. I meet a lot of people, meet uh, loving people, and uh, I, 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 I see a lot of food also. There's, I'm telling you, I have pizza and some chicken, grilled chicken, and fried chicken, a lot of things. I remember have a lot of food, and... <coughs> Especially when I get back from the from health ministries, uh -huh. and I and I get back to my country, my my wife come to pick up me at the airport, and I just stay in front of my wife, and she's still looking for me. <laughs> he said, and I said, "Honey, what happened to you? It's me." He says, "Well, you getting so fat. What happened to you?" I said, "Well, I make provision in my belly because you never know, <laughs> because you never know." That was really a crazy thing, and but that was great for me. And actually, I praise the Lord when I get back after, after heading here with health ministries and I spoke to my wife and I said to my wife, well, honey, you know what? I feel a burden in my heart for me to be a full-time, full-time pastor, working full-time for the Lord, taking care of the church and planting more churches, uh, uh, planting also children home. That's, that's my desire. And my wife said, what, how are we going to do? Because your support is not enough for you. How are we going to do that? We need this job. You, you have to work. I said to my wife, well, honey, if God can open a door, God will open many other doors. Amen. And I'm telling you, actually, my ministry is a blessing in Haiti. It's really a blessing. Uh, actually, we have 25 churches in Haiti and one in Dominican Republic. Amen. You know, uh, the one in Dominican Republic has been just planted uh, about three months ago. Uh, we planted that church because a lot of people living Haiti just uh, because of the gang's situation. Yeah. Because gang has surrounded Haiti. Surrounded Haiti. It's really difficult. They kidnap people. They kill people. Uh, they, they burn churches. The church where I'm growing up, where I ask as I accepted Jesus in my life has been burned. It's really great church. Mm -hmm. They burned the church. That's really criminal things happen. There's, there's five, kind, five kinds of gangs in Haiti. Government gangs. The guy, those guys who work for the government. And there's also uh, uh, politicians like um, opposition gangs. There's also 
are businessmen gangs, and there's also other gangs like if you wanna if you want protect your family, you protect your area, you should to have guns to and become gangs to 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 fight with the other gangs, and sometimes we can even talk about institutional gangs because even sometimes some police, the police, they are also work for the gangs. It's really, really difficult. And there's also some bad news for today. Uh, this morning, I just heard a man, he's a friend of mine because he, he, uh, he used to be, uh, he has been teaching in my, in my uh, Bible college. He is a pastor. He's not a Baptist, but he, he went to my Bible college. He, he has been kidnapped this morning. And and uh, I'm trying to uh, to monitoring and to, to find out exactly how, how much they they ask for all these them. They didn't call his family yet to find out exactly how much money they ask for him. And I, I praise the Lord. Actually, so we have, as I said, to you we have 20, 26 churches and uh, one in Dominican Republic and 25 in Haiti. We have six children home. One in Pauquins and five other others in the countryside. We have a Bible college, and uh, which is we, we 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 teach men for the glory of God for 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 plant churches around of Haiti, and we have radio ministry. That's why we do, and especially. But the burden we have, especially, is really uh, we have primary school like elementary school. Our burden, my wife and I. Is to play more children home, having more school also in church, because their children are the future of our country. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple, I text one week ago, we went to a church where uh, I, I have the opportunity to uh, to share my testimony, talking with with some children, and I asked them how much how much cost a a a a medium pepperoni pizza here. And they said, five dollars. I was like shaking. Because in my country, to get actually a medium pepperoni pizza, you need 28 American dollars for. And a bag of rice of 25 pounds, it's 62 American dollars. Even we can we can't even have gas because the gangs people they took all the gas and they will sell sell the gas and in the in the uh, in black market you need twenty two dollars for a gallon of gas it's really really difficult but I could some some friend of mine even some pastor who left who left Haiti and. People living in Canada or living in the state, living in France, because a lot of Haitians left Haiti, going to Mexico, uh, Brazil, Chile, uh, in order to in order to find a way to come to the state. They asked me to come. They asked me, "Well, brother Joseph, you can just ask for asyl here, political asyl, because you used to work for the government. You can ask for political asyl here." With your family, that could be great for you. But I dedicated my life 
to walk with my people, reaching my people for the Lord in Haiti. Amen. How I could feel myself to leave those people behind. I think God will take care of us, but someone have to stay and to let them know while there is Jesus, Amen. Yeah. there's hope. Yeah. Amen. 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 So thank you for letting me know, uh, letting me share my testimony with you. But I, I love singing. Could I, can I just sing yeah, something? All right. So in order to let you know, to let you know, around the world, around the world, if you look on eye, you will see that people really need the Lord. Yes. Let me just sing that song in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, this being Creole, brother? Uh, Creole? He's from Spain. Just in English. English. Oh, it's English. Yeah, right. thank you. Right. Every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes. Empty people fear with care. Headed who knows where on they go through private pain, living fear to fear. Love to hide the silent cries, only Jesus is. People need to
Thank you for praying for my family. Amen, preacher. What a blessing. I appreciate the testimony, the heart for ministry. And you see in the testimony of Dr. Fennell Joseph, this is what this is what we at Health Ministries want to strive to do. We want to help somebody be able to be full-time in the ministry. Now, if he were honest with you, when he came that first time with Health Ministries, he didn't raise a lot of money. But he raised a little, and he stepped out in faith. And now, since that time, many, many churches have been planted. Children's homes, orphanages, education ministries. See, don't think that these guys will come here and get everything they need and go back and have a wonderful, easy, flowery life because that's not how it works. God builds them and strengthens them and asks them to step out on faith. And we're, we're trying to find men that, that are trustworthy men like Brother Joseph that'll, that'll do the job in Haiti. So we appreciate what you do. But people need the Lord. That's why we're here. Turn with me in your Bible, so Luke chapter number 2. I understand what time it is. I, I opted to, and I will this week. I want to give these guys time to share their testimony. We'll trim the preaching time down to be able to allow you to hear from them. This is a unique meeting, a missions conference. And so we want to talk about missions. We want to see the heart of these men. If you find your place in the Word of God and Luke chapter number 2, and you're able, will you stand with me, please? Verse 42 of Luke chapter 2. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him, and it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers, and when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? (coughs) Excuse me. Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wished ye not that I must... Be about my Father's business. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you now for this day. We thank you for the testimony of Brother Joseph, the great work that's being accomplished in Haiti. Lord, we pray for this preacher who was kidnapped this morning. We pray for his family. I can't even imagine. Lord, as they await a call from someone to see if he's alive, to see what the ransom will be, Lord, we pray that you will put your hand upon this situation. We pray, God, that 
you would work. Now, Lord, would you work in our hearts here tonight? Would you work in our very midst this week? Would you encourage us from your word and through the testimonies of your men? We'll praise you for it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. You can be seated, please. I want to just look briefly tonight. There's a number of times in Scripture where Christ would say it like this, I must. When Christ would say, I must, that would mean to us that it was imperative that he do it. It was the, of the utmost importance. It would let us in on what would motivate him. And we see one of these in this particular text tonight. There was a, a Miami Dolphin of years gone by that he explained what motivated him to go to college. He said, my father and uncle were human cannonballs and carnivals. My father told me, go to college or be a cannonball. Then one day my uncle came out of the cannon. He missed the net, hit the Ferris wheel, and I decided to go to college. <laughs> Bank robber Willie Sutton was asked one day, now why do you rob banks? And he said, well, that's because that's where all the money is. You know, what we do is important. But why we do it probably is even more important. Our motives as Christians, we know that we're going to be judged not just for what we do, but for why we do it. And we're going to look tonight just quickly at some what motivated Christ to do what he did. And thankfully, he shares his heart with us in a number of passages. When Hudson Taylor was director of the China Inland Mission, he often interviewed candidates uh, about before they were going to the mission field, and he would ask them uh, on many occasions, what is motivating you to go to your field of service? Why do you want to be a forward missionary? He asked, well, I want to go because Christ has commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Another said, I want to go because millions are perishing without Christ. Others gave different answers. Then he said, all of these motives are, are wonderful, they're good, but they will fail you in times of testings and trials and tribulations and possible death. There's but one motive that will sustain you, and namely, he said, that was the love of Christ. Paul said, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. So we have to ask ourselves and assess the, our reason for doing what we do, our reasons for giving to missions, our reasons for being here tonight. Is it merely out of duty? No, I would say it's better to do it out of duty than to not do it at all. Are you with me? Yes. But there's a better motivation than to do it just because... It's our duty. Do we do it out of fear? Are we afraid that if we don't do it, God is going to strike us from heaven? He's going to, he's going to chastise us? You know, there are times where we need a good, healthy fear of God. There were times in life where I wanted to do the wrong thing when I was a young child growing up, and I didn't do it for one reason. Because my dad is a big boy, six foot seven, a 300-pound man, carried a big stick and walked tall, and if I did the wrong thing, he was going to let me know about it. Now, I wish I could tell you that my motives were pure and I was such a good kid, but no, no, I had a real healthy fear of what my dad was going to do to me. It'd be better to have fear and do the right thing than not have it at all, but there's a better motivation. Do we do it out of hatred or revenge? If you study the life of Samson, the only thing he ever did was out of revenge. 
He never did anything God called him to do unless it was out of revenge. Study his life out. You know, have you ever heard someone say this? Well, I'm just going to prove everybody wrong. They said, you can't do it, and I'm going to show them all. And those, I guess, are okay motives, but there are better motives than that. What motivated Christ? And we see it in the text. Now, we find a couple interesting things that we just must cover in this passage. He's 12 years old. His parents take him to Jerusalem. They fulfilled the days in verse 43. They're coming back. They supposed that the child Jesus, he tarried behind, but they didn't realize it. Verse 44, but they supposing him to have been in the company, look at this, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. Now, what did they do wrong? Well, here's what they did wrong, preacher. They went a whole day without asking the question, where's Jesus? Well, that would do us some good, wouldn't it? I mean, what they should have done is the very first thing in the morning before they left is go, is he with you? Is he with you? Is he with you? But no, they didn't ask that question. They went the whole day. And then at the end of the day, then they wanted to figure out where he was. It'd be better to find him at the beginning of the day than to wait till the end and then realize we have to backtrack and cause ourselves extra grief because we didn't do the most important thing first. They would travel back. Verse 45, they found him not. They turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And now three days, now three days they find him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors. He's hearing them. He's asking questions. They're amazed at his learning. And and again now he's 12. And his parents, verse 48, when they saw him, they were amazed. His mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Could you imagine, preacher, losing the Son of God? I mean, this just wasn't any ordinary child here. Do you realize who this was? I mean, the the angel come and announce to them of all, blessed art thou, they're highly favored among women, and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and I mean, the the power of the highest is going to overshadow you, and the the, the Messiah is going to be born and entrusted into your care, and now three days have gone by, and you don't know where he is. And they're crying, and they're weeping. And they ask the question, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? And they find him. And when they find him, they they, they sort of reprimand him. Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Why have you done this? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee. And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Wished you not that I must be about my father's business. What motivated Christ as a 12-year-old boy was the father's business. And you know, for all of us, that's what we're in. We're in the family business. We're in the father's business. I shared about my father earlier when I got out of the military and I took a job as a youth pastor. Uh, there was a time that I worked with my dad, my brother, myself, and my dad. We worked together in the concrete business. And I'll say that was fun. I mean, I enjoyed working with my dad, learning the trade, working with my brother. Although I will say if you wanted to pick something, concrete probably is not the best thing to pick if you don't like hard work. But, but, but for, a, for a while, I was in the family business and I was happy to do that. But I, I, I'm in another family business. 
business now. I'm in my heavenly father's business. And Christ said at 12 years of age, did you know where I would be? Uh, Did you not have any idea that you should have come here and looked here? Because I'm going to be about the father's business. The whole reason I came to earth was about the father's business. That's the only reason he came. It's the only reason he came. What was that business? Well, (laughs) the salvation of lost souls was that business. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He came with a purpose in mind. He came to give his life so that we could have life. And even while he was here, even though his overall plan was to come and die, while he was here, his purpose, his business, the Father's business was the salvation of lost souls. In John chapter 4, he would say, the Bible said it like this, and he must needs go through Samaria. He just had to go through Samaria and he wouldn't take no for an answer. No doubt the disciples tried to tell him, wait a minute, Jews don't travel through Samaria. We don't have talks with the Samaritans. But no, there was an appointment that he had with a woman at a well and it motivated him and he must needs go. The father's business Motivated Christ. The salvation of lost souls motivated Christ. I love this verse, John 10, 16. He said, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also, I love this, I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. You know who he was speaking about there? These other sheep. Speaking of the Jewish nation, but he was talking about He's talking about us. Have you ever heard the song when he was on the cross? I was on his mind. Hey, I can tell you based on scripture that before he was on the cross, you were on his mind. Even when they were plotting to make plans to kill him, to crucify him, he wasn't thinking about that. He was thinking about you. He was thinking about me. He was thinking about a lady at a well. He was thinking about the father's business. Now he's told us to be about that same business, to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. My grandfather, I'm going to give the shortened version of this story because I know our, our time's running away from us tonight. My grandfather passed away. One of my grandfathers passed away. I had three grandfathers. And the last one just passed away just, just this past year. I worked on the farm from the time I was 12 until I was 18 every summer, six days a week for my grandfather, Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe was nearing end of life, and I tried to talk to Grandpa Joe a number of times about the Lord, and he never, he would never give me the time of day. And this would be the first person that would pass off into eternity in my wife and I's family that we weren't able to win to Christ. He wouldn't hear anything I had to say. He said no. He said no. He said no. But thank God. There was a preacher. The visit of my grandfather in the hospital. 
first time he visited him, he talked about praying. My grandfather said, well, I can't even pray. I don't know how to pray. The next time he talked to him about praying, he said, well, the Lord never hear my prayer. But he went to his house just a couple, few weeks before he died. And there in his house, my grandfather asked the Lord to say it. This life, this business, is about the salvation of lost souls. John chapter 9 and verse 4, Christ said this, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. You know, one second after the rapture, there'll be no chance to give. One second after the rapture, there'll be no chance to go tell anybody, any of your family, any of your neighbors, about Christ. No time to pray for missions, no time to get involved in the church here. It'll be too late. We have all these things that we want to do. And I'm not against doing some things. I enjoy that myself. I used to have, you know, what we would call as a, a bucket list and things that I wanted to do before I died. And then I got to thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I've never seen Grand Canyon. I'd really like to see it, but uh, I've never seen those trees that you drive through out there, uh, the Grand, uh, not Grand Tetons, but in uh, Yosemite. Man, I sure would love, I sure would love to see those trees. But I don't know if I ever will. If it happens and it works out in the process of time, wonderful. But I'll tell you what I am going to say. I'm going to see lives changed. I'm going to see missionaries helped around the world. Children's homes started. Churches planted. I'm going to travel to the mission field. I just came back from Zimbabwe. And hopefully one of these nights I'll share with you what I saw there. We finish up our conference early November and I'm headed to India. I'm going to see some people in India saved. I'm going to see some preachers in India get some help. And maybe, just maybe I'll see the Grand Canyon. Maybe I'll drive through those trees. But wouldn't it be a shame? Wouldn't it be a shame to go do those things? And never be concerned about the Father's business. To never be concerned about the salvation of lost souls. There's not a thing in the world wrong with going to see the Grand Canyon. But what if you spent a pile of money going to see the Grand Canyon? What if I did that and never gave to missions? I think, preacher, I would, I would wish that I had been motivated by what motivated Christ. The Father's business, the salvation of lost souls, and the urgency of the hour. Will you stand with me, please? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. We thank you for speaking to our hearts. We thank you for the wonderful testimony of Dr. Fennell Joseph. And Lord, just showing us your power and presence in a very difficult place to work. Lord, we pray for him 
and all of his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that are working there. And Lord Brother Ezra didn't share his testimony tonight, but he's here with us, but he'll share it at a later time this week. We pray for him and the situation in Kenya and his people, his family. But Lord, would you do a work in our hearts tonight, this week? Would you help us to have your heart? Lord, that we might be about the Father's business. Lord, there's nothing wrong with enjoying some of the things that you've allowed us to have here. I don't think there's anything in the world wrong with that. As long as we keep it in its proper perspective. Help us, Lord, to keep it in the right place. Help us to have the right motivation and have the heart that you have for people. As we heard tonight, because people need the Lord. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor, would you come, please? Can I ask y'all a question tonight? Would you be honest? Was any of y'all convicted tonight? If you was, would you raise your hand? Not ashamed of that? I was. We need to get busy, don't we? We get busy. And so... uh, Brother Ron, you spoke of your grandpa, and right before he died, he got open to a preacher. And I thought about my grandpa. He was hard to talk to until he had a stroke. He got scared. He was open. Finally got assurance of his salvations, and we're thankful for that. But that kind of brought me to this. Can I ask you all a question? How many of you all have a family member or friend, and they're like his grandpa? Uh, they're not real open. Would you raise your hand? You know someone? Would you do How about you do something for them tonight? How about you come to this altar tonight, call their name out, ask God to do something special in their heart, and also not only just pray that, and again, I understand that, sometimes someone else other than family, it's easier, but maybe God would help you to be that one that God would use to bring them to a place where they would call on the Lord Jesus. Would you raise your hand again if you know someone like that? I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you get their face in your mind? Would you close your eyes and get their face in your mind? You know who they are. They're your family member or friend. They're going to begin to play. That's kind of the way I... Be about your father's business. Let's try to do our best to ask God to do something special there. So would you come? you got their face in, in your mind. Would you come? Be busy about your father. Maybe, maybe you could write them a letter. Write them a card. Send them a text. You know, not preaching to them. Just let them know you're concerned about them or you love them. You've been praying for them. I don't know what it might be. Ask God to give you wisdom. We do. I'm I'm with Ron. There's nothing wrong with going to see in the Grand Canyon. There's a lot of things that we want to do. about our father's business the salvation of lost I was encouraged today I mean it's been like that all the way through though I spoke with Sarah this morning just for a short time and you know even with you know if this was your child you know we we've all been praying a lot for little stone we all love stone we love the family and this has been a a tragic thing, but it's also been a triumphant thing. You know, I heard a mother say this morning, and I, I believe her. I mean, it, it's a spiritual thing. It's not something you just say. I guess you could just say it. But 
She said, I really want the Lord to use this in people's lives. There's staff there. There's doctors there. There's nurses there. And I know they had an impact on the ICU unit at T.C. Thompson. But even in situations like that, we should be about our Father's business. Practical, but how many of you ever been frustrated? You've been at a restaurant. I've been there. You're at a restaurant. You've gotten frustrated. Maybe you've said something to the waitress. Maybe to get your food quick enough. Or I've even had to talk to people that's in our church. They're frustrated in a hospital room, and they just talk to their nurses just horrible. They're frustrated, and they're angry, and they just talk to them like they're real just rough with them. And I, I had to tell one of our men one day, I was there when he did it, and I said, listen, brother, you'll never be able to talk to that woman about the Lord, talking to her like that. But see, if we're, in, if we're motivated by the Father's business, it gives us wisdom. We get the big picture, you know, we just don't let our frustrations, and we all fail here. I'm not saying I've never done it, I've done it, but I'm just saying, if we have the Father's business in mind, it will temper our words to lost people. I know we get frustrated with them, but the truth is, they don't know any better. And so, we've got to be wise there if we're about our Father's business, amen. I've been to country churches before. We're going to let the ladies quit playing, but been to country church before. Have y'all ever heard this? All hearts clear. Y'all heard that before? All hearts clear. How many of y'all heard that before? Y'all know what that means? That means you're not walking out of here and your heart's not clear. Is your heart clear? Did you respond like the Lord wanted you to respond? Then all hearts are clear. I'm going to ask you the question. All hearts clear? Well, then I guess we can dismiss. Is all tummies empty? Because we're going to go over here and eat. And uh, let's let our missionaries go first. I'm sure there's plenty. If there's not, I'm sure the ladies that's over there has done started fretting. And she's done, they've done called Walmart, went to the deli or something. But I'm sure there's plenty. Amen. So I hope all of you will join us. We'll go over to the over to the gym facility and we'll eat over there. We'll have a time. We'll get to know these men a little better. And uh, appreciate all of you being here. Brother Ron, that was powerful. Appreciate God using you. Brother Joseph, thank you so much. And we look forward to hearing Brother Ezra. And uh, we're looking forward to this week. Don't miss tomorrow night. And uh, we'll pray for the food. And we'll dismiss. Heavenly Father, we do ask you again tonight that you will bless. We again thank you for... The message, we thank you for the messenger, we thank you for the testimony, Lord, we thank you for the song. That's so true, Lord, that's the, that's the deal, the, the people need the Lord, and we don't have to be around people very long, and to see them, they know they need them, need you. So I pray you'll help us to be about your business, I pray you'll take this conviction, and help us to do something with it. Lord, those that came and prayed for those ones that they have on their heart, I pray that you will work in their heart. Again, thank you again. Bless the food that we are about to receive. And we will thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Brother Ron, make your way back there. and Y'all make your way over to the gym facility. You know where it's at.